Hey, 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 we're back, we're back, we're back. Another episode of the Wrestling Wars Podcast. Uh, we're back for a doubleheader this weekend after a week off. Sorry to say, guys. Um, hopefully my voice holds out tonight because I just got back from watching Avengers 2 at the new Cinemark that we got out here, and it was... The, this is the best I told I told my lovely wife that we're going we're going to the movies every day now because this theater was so amazing. The food the food line, the concession stand, it was like a cafeteria where basically you just have all the amazing things and they're all self uh, self serve so you could get as much candy as you want like no units. They just had like the dispenser bags. They had canned Monster Energy. You could get your own popcorn and then you could put your own butter flavoring on it. And uh, you just you just got rung up at the end of the line like a cafeteria, and then went through the gates to the movie. It was incredible. Um, so hopefully my voice holds out because I have lots and lots of salty popcorn in my mouth or was in my mouth. Um, so hopefully it, it holds out today. Myself and the man of five thousand matches, KB, will be going over uh, the big TNA news that came out or maybe didn't come out this week, according to who you're listening to. Uh, we're gonna review. WWE Payback from last weekend. It'll be a really unique comparison since I was there live. And KB, of course, was taking dutiful notes about the show on television. And then we will be going over the setup for Elimination Chamber, which is coming up in just a week, I believe. So uh, I guess we might have to do a doubleheader again next week so we can do a preview and review podcast of Elimination Chamber. But before we get to all that, let me bring in my co-host, KB. What's going on, this, brother man? Oh, feeling very familiar with this. It's like we did this yesterday. Almost like we did it yesterday. Um, so the big news this week came out just two weeks after uh, fucking moron Dixie Carter uh, made this big speech to the locker room. Oh, don't don't listen to them. Don't don't worry about the ratings. We're doing just fine. Our plus threes are great. We don't know what those are, but whatever. Apparently, they're not doing just fine because this week came out that Destination America will be dropping TNA in September. Of course, all of the hardcore, uh, blind, head-in-the-sand TNA marks, who we like to refer to as Dixie Cups, um, are in complete denial about this happening and discrediting Dave Meltzer, um... Meltzer seems like the kind of guy that people like to... They like they want to listen to his news stories when they support what they like, but when it's something bad for something that they like, they want to get all sour grapes and try to discredit the man. So, uh, but it, it seemed pretty valid when it happened, and there hasn't been an outright denial by anyone regarding the story. There's only been uh, threats, threats of lawsuits if you talk about it. I hope they don't throw, threaten us with a lawsuit. I, I don't make the news, people. I'm just reporting it. So, I'm not saying whether what's happened or not. I'm just saying what I read. So, hopefully, out of, like, the 200 regular listeners we have, of course, one of them will be, like, a TNA official, and I'll get sued. Even though there's no way to connect this back to me, so I don't know how they're going to do that. But anyways, what do you think, man? Well, well, first... This has been a really long death for TNA. TNA's basically been dying since the month after it started, so is it finally over? And what do you think? Well, for one thing, we do need to preface this by saying it is still just an unconfirmed rumor. Now, granted, it looks really, really likely, but 
Uh, and if you just look at the common sense of it with people not watching and it going to Destination America with shows like Barbecue Pitmaster and um, whatever that ha- the like 15 ghost hunting shows there's they have. There's nothing yeah. wrong with Destination America. I don't know why people keep talking about it like it's bad. Network. I thought it was a decent, because it's kind of a redneck network, but wrestling is a redneck thing. I didn't think it was that bad of a marriage, but not everybody gets the channel. And they're gonna that, move. That's that's one night. of the big reasons. They're gonna move the night that the show is on again. And it's funny actually... because the big excuse has been, oh well, well their audience has to find them. Their audience has to find them. I'm pretty sure everyone under the age of fucking sixty knows how to work a remote and look yeah. up if they have Destination America or not. Uh, if the WWE moved to some fucking crazy network, the Wii Network or whatever the fuck, um, people would fucking find them in like a day. So don't give me that shit about their audience just needs to find them. Their audience has found them. Their audience isn't very fucking big because TNA sucks ass. That's the the long short of the situation. Well, I, I, I will – one pointing in Session America, at least if they get off that channel and find somewhere else, maybe they maybe des- maybe the new channel won't spoil the endings to the shows like Destination America did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys have known this. They – um. A couple of weeks ago, there was a big number one contenders match, or a big title match, and Destination America ran a commercial saying, now that Kurt Angle has won this match, which hasn't aired yet, what will he do next? And it showed the pinfall. How many times in a row do we have to see network television people getting involved with a wrestling show that they own and it just burning in fucking flames? How many times does that have to happen before people think, you know, maybe, maybe that's not not the way to go with things. Well, whenever you can convince a network executive that he isn't smarter than a bunch of wrestling idiots. Yeah, I guess. Which, right. good luck figuring that out. The only one who did it was the most successful of them all with Turner. He's the only one that figured just let them do whatever they want and make money. Um, as far as the whole uh, potential collapse goes, um, like you said, I'm surprised it took this long. TNA is... T, if you look at it in a weird way, TNA is one of the greatest success stories in wrestling because... They to managed have, to be that fucking terrible for that long and to continue to exist. That's the... just what I, The first thing that popped into my head is this collapse has nothing to do with the last, I would say, year for TNA. This is their, This is everything coming back that they spent years doing, alienating every member of their audience that they could possibly alienate yeah. in a couple of years. I mean, when w- when WCW went under, TNA was there, what, about 15 months later? Maybe less? They had all these ECW and WCW fans handed to them on a silver platter saying, here is your alternative, and they have managed to turn it into WWE Lite, which is the worst thing you can possibly do. Because the but, WWE ain't really that exactly. good either. <laughs> right, right, and that goes back to, like, uh, that, that's always made me think of 1999 WCW, where they WWF was awful in 99, mm-hmm. but they didn't have to beat, they didn't have to be good, they had to beat WCW, which wasn't really hard. It's the same with TNA. TNA didn't have to be great, they just had to be better than the WWF or WWE, which wasn't that hard in 2006 and 7, But they managed to screw it up. Like, they managed to screw up almost everything. And the worst part is, it's not the wrestlers that are that are bad, because they're always working hard yeah, and putting on... Absolutely not. We're going we're gonna to get to that in just a second. Yeah. yeah. 
They work hard. They're doing what they can. They're just given such horrible material. I mean, how many times can I sit there and care about Sting, Hardy, and Angle being world champion like five times each? I mean, they're all great, but we've seen this. Give me anything new just for a change of pace. You know, I mean, we've covered everything there is to cover in TNA, and it's always about who can we bring in that can show these young guys how to do things, and by that I mean dominate the company for the next year and keep waiting on these young guys to sprout their own wings, which will never happen. We, we, we've, yeah, we've, uh, we got a lot to cover today, so when this actually does happen, we will go, we will do a TNA epitaph, and we will spend an entire podcast talking about all of these reasons. What I'd want to get to is, you know, we, we talked about how the wrestlers, it's not their fault. Now, a lot of these guys already have relationships with, I feel like all of a sudden, recently, I've just become, like, the uh, GFW flag bearer. Like, I don't know why. Like, maybe I'm just the only one that's so excited for a traditional four-sided ring uh, alternative wrestling show that isn't going to be High Spot City, like Ring of Honor. I don't know why I'm, like, the only person who's excited about that. But most of these TNA guys already have relationships with Jeff Jarrett. This is true. And, I, I mean, I'm just A to B here putting things together. I could see... A lot, and I could I could see a lot of these guys who could be pretty decent draws on a pretty decent wrestling program. Bobby Lashley, Kurt Angle, Robert Roode, uh, James Storm, the Knockouts. With if you add a few to their to their ranks, I mean all those people could be could be really really strongly utilized on uh, a wrestling show that isn't being being directed by fucking morons. So. I'm excited. I'm really excited for that aspect and what this could mean for GFW and uh, for it, be, you know, possibly securing TV here in the next few months. I, I know you are more enthusiastic about. It. I am with me. It's just it's more cautious optimism. Uh, yeah. I'll definitely I'll definitely check it out. But getting any kind of wrestling promotion off the ground is tough. Yeah. It's not. It's certainly not impossible. As Lucha Underground has gone from birth to one of the best shows on TV in about nine months. So I'm told. So I'm told. It's you'd lo- you would love it, um, but uh, GWF it, it should be good or GFW I always call it GWF I don't know why Global Force Global whatever um, Global Wrestling look- Force that would that would work too GWF sounds good anyways well I was I keep thinking the uh, Global Wrestling Federation from Dallas in the early nineties but anyway um, you uh, it it it's got potential it definitely has potential um, I just I, you have to give it it's gonna take time for it to get off the ground. So, I mean, it's going to be fun at the start, and I'll definitely check out the early shows. Um, but I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Especially, now, if they can get a big influx of talent from TNA, that'll then speed things. really cooking with grease, yeah. Yes, Hell then yeah. we've got that will jump my that'll that'll jump my my enthusiasm up by about ten. Mm-hmm. But knowing TNA, they will find some way to stick around, to survive, and continue and just, to not pay people on time and. And Dixie will just say, see, we told you everything was fine, darling. Yeah. Which is, she seems like one of the sweetest people in the world, but she is horrible at this. Yeah. This is not she her does forte. Not, not willing to admit it. No. Um, somebody who was not horrible at these things, it's Vince McMahon, and they had themselves a decent little pay-per-view a couple weeks ago that I attended, uh, WWE Payback. Um. So off the top, just overall, what, what what were your thoughts on the show? I liked it. Um, it it's 
like we said last night, it, it's one of those shows where not a lot happened. So you weren't really going off the storyline stuff because it's it's pretty much just like Fallout from the three weeks that they've had since Extreme Rules and the leftovers from Extreme Rules, which, which was Fallout and leftover from yeah. WrestleMania. <laughs> the, 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 this comes off like another show where it's like, how much can we possibly squeeze out of WrestleMania so we don't have to come up with anything another new? Sunday Night Raw, yeah, right. And, but um, as it has been every year, Payback's been around. It was a fun show. It's yeah. nothing that it's nothing that I'm ever going to want to watch again. Because and it probably won't. It, it, actually, this this show could hold up pretty well because the storylines don't carry it. It's really just just good it's a action. Yeah. It's a show exactly. It's a show built entirely on the action. But uh, it was good. It, it wasn't anything that's, that you're going to remember in about say six months. But yeah, if someone brings it up, six if someone if someone brings it up, they'll say yeah, that was good. Yeah, um, I think I think last year's beat it out overall just because we had the the uh, cap off of the. Shield Evolution feud, and they had a couple of just great matches, but uh, yeah, this was this was a pretty good show. I mean, it was um, you know, when we speak towards, it was really good action, but it wasn't really carried by the intrigue of storylines. That's what made it. It's actually one of my favorite shows I've been to live. It was really fun to be at live, and all the action was really good. Um, that that arena is one of my favorite places to watch wrestling because it's pretty much impossible to get a bad seat. It's kind of in a big square and goes straight up. Um. So it's one of my favorite places to go watch wrestling. Unfortunately, after years and years of me of me playing, you know, telling telling my friends about how great this arena was and telling my wife about how great this arena was, my favorite place to go watch shows. Um, we get there and there was just a uh, some very very poor management going on. Um, we got up to the arena at about 7:20 or 7:15, and they had barely opened the doors at 7:15. And as you know, the pre-show starts at 7.30. And you're trying to get, you know, 10,000 people into a building. You open the doors 15 minutes before things start happening. I, I don't... Wait, I, they, they, they were just opening the gates at 7.30? At 7.15, yes, sir. Because the pre-show starts at 7 with the talking. The wrestling yeah, starts at 7.30. Exactly. exactly. So you're trying to get all these people in. Not to mention, it was probably 80% humidity outside in Baltimore that mm. day. So it's just oppressive. Everybody's outside just cooking in this heat. And, yeah, they had, like, two people maybe at each side of the arena going, letting the line in. It was pretty fucking mind-boggling. Not to mention, later on in the night, uh, apparently the people working at the concession stands felt that I had paid my money to come see them and not wrestling. Because I stood in a ten-person line, so it wasn't even a huge line, a ten-person line... I stood in it for 33 minutes. Good. I started counting um, and missed the entire John Cena-Rusev match because my strategy was, well, if I go right after the entrances to this match and go get in line, it can't be a long line or take a very long time because everybody's going to want to watch this match. So I can go out, get stuff, come back. It'll be real quick. Um, and I was right about one thing. The line was pretty short. There was only 10 people in the line. I was not right about getting through quickly because everybody working the concession stand was just taking their sweet ass time like they had nowhere to go nobody had nowhere to go or nowhere to be it was yeah that was pretty frustrating and it didn't seem like they turned on the air conditioning in the arena till about 30 minutes before the show because it was 
especially during the main event, it was oppressively hot in, inside the arena. It's pretty crazy. I, the only match I really noticed, if you go back and look at um, look at the Cena Rusev match on TV, you can see that that Cena looks like he was about dunked in a swimming pool after about five minutes because it was probably about seventy percent humidity inside the building. And that so, says a lot with Cena having the cardio of like yeah, yeah, an was, Olympic an Olympic mile runner. Yeah, it was it was so that parts of it were absurd, but the actual wrestling portion, the actual wrestling show portion was very fun and it was one of the loudest play crowds I've ever been a part of just because I don't know if it really carried that the crowd was real hot um, on TV but inside of that arena the acoustics it's extremely loud so that was that part of it was really cool yeah the, the crowd was good um, nothing mind-blowing yeah. uh, good though you could tell they you could tell they were into the show um, so you have seen Cena Rusev since I'm assuming yeah, I, I did watch it when I got I, I had a feeling you might have um, I, I, which is a shame because I thought that was the best match of the show. Um, a lot of people, have, <laughs> a lot of people have said that the um, that the the referee constantly asking "Do you quit?" got annoying. Yeah, Not really. I've, seen that. I've heard that. Not really. It's just like, well, yeah. it, it's it's the same as it's. I'd prefer that any day over one, two, three. Oh, he's up at eight. Keep going. Which just stops a match cold. Yeah. You know, I'd prefer that. Uh, I'd prefer "Do you quit?" No, over that any day. Yeah. Um. I, I like how they. You knew that it was ending somehow with Lana. That was oh, obvious. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh that, yeah. That um out was obvious from the beginning. Yeah. But th they managed to make it where it was entertaining enough to just watch them beat each other up for twenty five minutes. Yeah. Until they got to that, I like that a lot better. Um. Than what I was. Than I where I was expecting it to just be like, here's a big spot. Here's a big spot. We're just waiting for Lana. That didn't happen. They actually put a lot of effort into it and made the time the very long time that they gave this match go by well. Yeah, and um, I, yeah, I've heard the same, you know, a lot of sticklers talking about how, well, you can't, it was an I quit match and nobody said I quit. You can't do that. Well, yes, you fucking can. It's not the first time it's ever happened. Like, it's happened before, it'll happen again, and it was pretty obvious from the beginning there, that's how they were going to go with it. Um, I thought they should have milked the, uh, the Lana Rusev relationship for a lot longer than they did I because both of them are going to be quite a bit less over now that they've split from each other um, they could have totally milked you know her coming out of her shell more and more a little bit little bit and he's kind of possessive like borderline macho man you know trying to put a, put a damper on it and getting all pissed and the crowd will get into it that was a great thing that they had going and could have continued to have going but um, apparently WWE thinks a lot of Lana and are in this big rush to make her the next face of the program, but you still could have done that with her still yeah. being with Rusev. Her continually usurping his authority and, like, doing little things here and there, um, that you could have made that last for a really long time. It would have been really over. So, well, kind of a shame that they already broke that off. Yeah, with me, it like, one week she's fandangoing a little bit, mm -hmm. and, and then the next, next... Yeah, she's slapping him in the face, exactly. Yeah, it's just, where did the... Okay, yeah. where did that come from? Uh, I am a little bit cautious, about, or a little bit worried about Lana becoming the face of the division, as I find it interesting that for years and years people have raved, or have ranted and raved about uh, models who can't wrestle being the face of the division, and, and now... she has no wrestling training. Yeah. Exactly. And she is there because she's a model and a dancer and looks good in, and looks good in short skirts. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, people are literally screaming for her to be the face of the division, which, she has the athletic background, but there's a as we've seen for many, many years, there's a big difference between an athletic background and a wrestling background. 
Now, Absolutely. she seems like someone who could pick it up pretty quickly, but at some point she's going to have to work a match. Yeah. And that's only going to, you can only get so far on good looks. You know, but she, there's potential. There's definitely potential uh, with someone as athletic as she is, which if you've ever seen some of her uh, dance videos online, it's <laughs> remarkable how. I haven't. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, look one up. It's, it's. Sure you won't right you you wouldn't recognize her unless you've seen her. Hmm. So it's completely uh, yeah, anyway, moving on. Um she uh she has potential, but um she uh she's going to need at some point that match could be a disaster if she's yeah. not ready for it. So uh I heard my, my wife told me that that the um in person at least the uh the Rusev getting thrown into the fireworks deal was uh looked would looked pretty off, looked pretty hokey. Um, yeah. It was blatantly obvious to the live crowd that he did not get hit at all. Um, obviously, when I watched it later on, on TV, I saw the, uh, you know, they did it the old school Looney Tunes WWE style of it being obscured by, you know, some object and whatever. Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, it They tried, but, I mean, it's not exactly Orton trying to blow him up at... Uh... Yeah, yeah, that's what she, she texted me that, and I said, oh, so they went with a attempted murder again. That's solid. Good for them. One, one of my favorite lines ever totally in realistic. WWE. One of my favorite lines ever in WWE is Orton trying to blow him up, and then the referee saying, you gotta give him 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. So overall, what'd you, what'd you think of them? It's still pretty good, though. You call it the, did you call it the match of the night, or? I did, I okay. did. Um, I did, uh... Which kind of surprised me. I was expecting the the three the two out of three falls match to be better, but yeah, uh, yeah me too. Yeah, the um, we'll get to that later. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rusev, this this should have been the extreme rules match. Yeah, they it, really they really should have. That chain match did not need to happen at all. Uh, it just didn't. They should they could have made the the WrestleMania match a flag match. For the life of me, I don't get how that match was never ha- never happened. How, after all this, the whole thing, half the feud is built up over a flag, and you don't mention yeah. a flag yeah. match. I still can't get over that. But, um, yeah, the, the chain match didn't need to exist. That was just kind of there, uh, especially when this one was far more extreme than that yeah, chain match by about Mach 10. So, um, great match. Um, I don't know how well it would hold up on a second viewing, yeah. but it only had to hold up on one viewing. Speaking of uh, ones that probably won't hold up on a second viewing, because I... Maybe it was better on TV. Um, we opened the night with uh, Seamus and Dolph Ziggler. Um, I, of course, went fucking bonkers for the Seamus entrance because I love it. And um, so that was that part was fun, and it was very loud in there. Um, I actually, in person, I kind of saw that Ziggler might be bleeding, but I didn't. I did not. I had no idea till I got home and looked at it that he was like pissing blood, like blood was every fucking where i did not know it was that bad at all and when i first saw it i thought that he bladed because i the headbutt happened and i saw him reach up to his head and i thought he might be cutting himself and i was like i don't really understand that in this match but okay but turns out the next night you could tell from the wound that they stitched together that uh it was from it was a pressure cut from that headbutt but um the match in person was was what it was. Um, we were still trying to get kind of settled in because the arena is so packly, uh, tight, uh, packed in so tightly um, where people sit that we were just sitting there like trying to juggle around our drinks and hot dog and all that stuff to like set it down somewhere. So um, 
I was kind of halfway in, halfway out of the match after the entrances. Um, how was it on TV? Uh, good, not great. It was a good choice for an opener. Yeah. Um, uh, Sheamus, I mean, Ziggler's the kind of guy who's going to get a pop no matter what he does, even though I'm pretty much over him completely. Yeah. That just there's only he's done the same exact thing ever, pretty much ever since uh, the first payback where he turned face. He's other than that run he had in late last year with the with the authority uh, going against the authority. He is the exact same guy he's been for two years now, yeah. uh, which means he can be entertaining, but. Um, I mean, he's a good foil for Sheamus here because Ziggler can lose a match and still be over just because people think That's he should he be does. over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Sheamus continues to get. Sheamus needed a good win like this. Absolutely. Because uh, when you're in the upper, when you're in the mid card, the upper mid card of WWE as a heel, you're going to lose a lot, just a whole lot. Yeah. So you need these wins like this just to keep you from going on this landslide down to where you lose any credibility you have. Um, but yeah, the match was good. Uh, it was pretty much what you would expect from these two, just trading big shots until the end with the brogue kick, which uh, it seemed like they probably had to go home quick, um, which might explain why Cena and Rusev got nearly half an hour. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, well, I mean, sure I'm not. They did and you have to go home quick, quick because fucking Ziggler's head looked like a fucking bursted melon. Yeah. Shit was going uh, everywhere. So I mean, the match still ran twelve and a half minutes, so they yeah. probably weren't going to go much longer anyway. Yeah, sure thing. And they seemed like they were building up to that that WWE style finish for it. But I, I like it when they when guys just start trading big shots with each other. Yeah. And it's who can keep standing. And Sheamus should have won that. It makes more. It makes by far the Absolutely. most. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, next we had the tag team titles. Maybe fell short of our some people's expectations. Um, it was fun in person, for sure. Uh, what's funny is, during that finish, and it's it's just, just if you listen to me describe this, it, it makes so much sense. Like, okay, we're watching the match, and there's action between, I believe it was, it was a, did Cesaro take the fall? Or was the it first, Kid? The first or the, the last second? One, the last one. Uh, the last one was Kid. Who took the fall. Okay, so Cesaro and Big E are, like, throwing each other all over the place. And it's getting all crazy. And so I am sitting there looking at Cesaro and, and Big E and everything that's going on. And then I look back, and the guys rolled up. One, two, three. And I'm like, oh, shit, what just happened? Like, everyone's looking around. And then I barely see out of the corner, my, kind of in the corner there, I see Xavier Woods putting on his jacket. And I look to my wife, and I say, holy shit, Xavier Woods just got in the ring and made that pin. It was fucking Xavier Woods. Like, it was, I don't know, just like, that's just such a classic, it's such a classic move, and they pulled it off so well, because, like, the, the reaction is exactly what it's supposed to be. Like, you're supposed to be looking elsewhere, and it was it was just a perfect bait-and-switch to me. Um, match overall wasn't, uh, the you know, match of the year quality like we thought it might be, but it was still very, very good, and, uh, uh, you know, reproving that the, the tag titles are uh, still in a really good place and uh, on the upswing. I heard Xavier Woods was being being pretty funny with his, some of the things he was saying on the on the on the outside of the ring. Yeah, um, there were uh, I don't know how well you could see them in in person. There were some some noticeable botches in this, which hurt it for me a little bit. The, uh, uh, the only the uh, the Cesaro. Yeah, the swing into the dropkick didn't look great. Um, well, didn't Cesaro? He was trying to do he was trying to catch somebody or do something crazy like that. And, he was, uh, yeah. he, he basically came in and did this big run and he was trying to hit a, a tiger bomb on Big E, but he couldn't get him up. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. And it was which, kinda, uh, yeah. which they, uh, Cole actually covered that saying that, um, uh, Cesaro had taken a shot to the ribs earlier and it was screwing him up to okay. be able to, to lift a guy like Big E. 
Also, the uh, the midnight hour with uh, with the DDT from Kofi was more like an elbow to the back instead of a DDT. It still looked fine. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing that in person, and being like, "Oh, they fucked the timing up on that." I yeah, do, I with, do remember that. To be fair, that's a hard move to pull off. Yeah, yeah. And it still looked good enough, so it's not like it was some horrible, horrible looking thing. Uh, the 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 problem for me in this match was it wasn't long enough. Um, the the first two falls take place in a little over eight minutes, and then the whole match was less than thirteen and a half. And it's just like well, you're. Ex- they got a ton of stuff in though. It was really. They did. Speaks to the but, credit of both the, of all the workers involved. You just kind of expect this big hot yeah, uh, third true, ball sequence, true. and then the whole thing was five minutes. It's just kind of like, you know, can can you? It, it, not that Rusev and Cena was bad, but you could have shaved off five minutes and given it to this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but overall, good. But I think again, we we kind of we've built this feud up to where it's supposed to be the greatest thing ever. And while it's still really good, yeah. it's not the, we, I think we kind of overestimated it a little bit. Or well, uh, overestimated the amount of time that's going to get, uh, yeah, the time hurt. And, the time really did hurt it. Yeah. Um, speaking of feuds, feuds that we, uh, underestimated. Well, m- myself and you, we were, we were pretty pumped up about this feud, but uh, a lot of people are not expecting big things from it. Uh, Bray Wyatt and Ryback. Um, in person, it was it was fine. Um, the one thing I will say that I'll probably a lot of people, if you haven't experienced it live in person, it is amazing how uh, lit up an arena still because they completely turned the lights off during Bray Wyatt's entrance. But there's so many of the fireflies that you can still see everything clearly. Like it's like a it's like a dull light, but you can still see everyone and everything all around completely clear. It's pretty pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, that you can see just on... I, when I saw him in person with a full entrance, um, it was WrestleMania 30, so the Fireflies weren't really a huge thing yet. Yeah. That and granted, the, the band playing live was... The, everything was going to be watching them. They, yeah, yeah, that yeah. performance was disturbing. Um, I liked the match. Uh, I think I liked... It sounds like I liked it a little bit more than you did. Um, the, the Ryback splash looked awesome yeah there's it something... was pretty it was pretty crazy and like wow that just happened like it was pretty crazy. oh what i can say this is a good thing to add in i'm gonna tell you something right now nobody in the arena or at least around me and me myself like no one got the whole like rib cage thing like nobody nobody really? was thinking that no i wasn't thinking it i was just thinking okay. you know it's just a hoss fight and they're going at it like i never for one second was considering a rib injury or that how the psychology of the rib injury played into him deciding to go for the splash and it played into his downfall just none of that stuff and so I think that's why why the crowd might have been a little disjointed for the finish because to everybody who was there it looked like it was just an out of nowhere Sister Abigail and that was that um, right. nobody nobody really seemed to know that um, there was a it was a limb psychology of sorts and that's where they were headed with it, and I think that's kind of why that might not have carried over with a lot of heat on TV. Yeah, well, the announcers were cu- the announcers were all over. All it. well, I mean, and that's what I'm, that's how I figured it out when I got home and I watched it, and I said, "Wow, this was that was like the whole story of the match," and now it makes sense why nobody really knew what the fuck was going on in person. And I um I hate to say it because I like Ryback, but that might be kind of an indication of some of his work. Uh, I don't know. All I know is that nobody got what was going on in in the in the arena. Right, right. Because the um, I, I had missed the backsplash at first, and I'm like, wait, he 
what, why is Ryback holding his ribs? And then they showed a quick rear point. Oh, because a big 300-pound guy just jumped on him. You know, which there's just something cool when big guys like that fly through oh, the yeah. air. It's just a cool visual. Both spots were awesome, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I like that. It does seem like it was just a one-off match, which you don't see that often anymore. Yeah. Um, it, it, which I think is good because there's only – they didn't really have a reason to be fighting in the first place other well, than – besides Bray Wyatt picked him and i hope i hope yeah. that's what they start doing with him i hope you know i wrote that places is uh i hope that's how it starts to go like basically once bray wyatt decides you're next you're kind of fucked and i think that would be a really good way to build bray wyatt up as a really powerful mm-hmm. heel right especially well, if, if the wyatt family comes back and they're back with him so the, the three of them kind of just select you and i mean what are you going to do when it's those three against you nothing right. Well, cause, I mean, on Raw, they they seem to be teasing. They seem to be setting up Wyatt against Reigns, which is certainly an interesting way to go oh, with yeah. it. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. Especially if Reigns needs some old friends to help him in this war. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if Wyatt's got his friends, well, it was one of the best matches of the year last year. So, yeah. Because uh, sure. Rollins Rollins is turning eventually. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. But he's going to turn, and that that Shield reunion is going to blow the roof off. Yeah. Which we'll get As to it that did later on. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you what, boy, <laughs> it was insane. But uh, um, yeah, yeah, so it was fine. Um, yeah, it, for a one-off for match your, for your for your sacred your sacred uh, divas divas segment. I think I'm it's art right now. That match was a lot more over in person than I really than, than you would have imagined. And actually, people are pretty into uh, Naomi. At least they were uh, live and in person. So, well, uh, before we get to that, we have to get to the segment beforehand, which stole the night for me. Um, the the New Day promo in the back, which was one of the most the most perfect things I've seen in a long time with the milk. Oh, yeah. yeah okay, now I remember. Because I only watched it real quick when I got home. Funny enough, okay. um, I was sitting just barely in front of the screen, but the mm-hmm. way the set kind of curves, so I couldn't actually see the screen, if that makes sense. Like okay. we were in front of it, we were we were almost completely, perfectly, right across from the stage, um, yeah. on the side. But yeah. it, the cur- the screen curved, so I couldn't actually see what was on the screen. So I didn't know what had happened at at first. But uh, yeah, now I remember now that you mentioned it. That promo yeah. was hilarious. Yeah, because and I know the feeling because the first RAW I ever went to, I was behind the Titan Tron. Yeah, that would have been which which is quite a. So then again, no I go. I could. I could watch the agents sit there and book the whole and run the whole show from yeah, where I was cool. sitting. Yeah, but um, and the show sucked, but that's a different story. Um, yeah, but it just New Day continues to just take these little things like they're toasting with with milk and champagne yeah, glasses. Yeah, yeah. How do you not hate those people? Yeah, it's it's all the subtleties with them. There's a, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that a lot of people just don't pick up, and it's freaking hilarious. And so. the the best part about that thing, real fast though. When he, when they find out about the pot about the chamber, how are we gonna all fit in one pod? I'm too big. <laughs> Biggie, that was awesome. Uh, the the uh, divas were yes. good enough. Um, like I said, it was actually people were actually quite a bit more into it than than I figured they would be. So uh, it was it was a fine little little interlude. Well, uh, it, what'd you think on TV? Was well, it was a passable segment? In a sign of the apocalypse, the Bellas are getting over his faces. They were um, pretty over, and it was shocking, yeah. yes. Uh, which, that's fine. It's just, I'm not... We're still seven or eight months removed from I hope you die. I wish you had died in the womb. Yeah. That's kind of a... 
if that hadn't happened, I would have far fewer problems with the belt with this Bella's push. Um, but it's just that happened, and then we're just supposed to go with them being best friends again. It's wrestling, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. This this match felt like it should have been. Um, it feels like this match and the Raw match should have been reversed. With Nikki retains the title here, and then they do the tag match the next night to set up a, to set up Paige's return. To set up the triple threat, yeah. Yeah, it just seems like this match was there to set up to the Raw match, um, which I mean that's been done before, but it's just kind of like, well, okay, I don't really know why we need to do that. Um, Brie continues to be pretty horrible in the ring. Yeah, she's she's rough. There's she a, just there's something to be fucked up. It's gonna get fucked up by Brie. Yeah, it just she looks like she get she looks like a deer in the headlights when she doesn't when she's after she's done with going from spot to spot. Yeah. She doesn't look like she knows how to do a transition at all. So somehow Nikki is looking like the more competent worker of the two, which it sends a chill down my spine. <laughs> but uh, but um, the match didn't need to... I don't know why this was on pay-per-view. This should have been on Raw, um, like either Monday night or the, the show before or the next night. Um, I did get annoyed with Cole talking about uh, that win putting Naomi in the title hunt as there are like eight active divas yeah uh counting the bellas yeah so i mean you're kind of in the title hunt by default basically um but yeah the match was the match was what it was it was okay and they kept it was it was six minutes long so it's really hard to get annoyed at it yeah true true that um speaking of matches that didn't really need to be there but this could have been way better than what it was uh barrett against neville um I didn't really get the non-finish. Um, it was decent action. Uh, Barrett's uh, Barrett's character in person is pretty pretty funny, pretty fun to, mm-hmm. to watch. Oh yeah. Um, Neville is. It's weird because on TV it sounds like there's nothing going on during his entrance, but I can assure you that in person that people were pumped. When, oh yeah. When he was ready to do his thing, um, and not just for the arrow for to to see him. So uh, that was that was good. Um, and I, we were also, uh, my wife commented that she was happy that he got his cape on, his cape off without having to struggle with it a lot. Cause we make fun of that every time we watch it. Cause it always looks like the cape gets tangled up or whatever when he's trying to take it off. Well, they have so much stuff going on during his entrance. So it's, much. <laughs> he's got two nicknames. There's the, he's rising out of the smoke. He has a cape. He's got two nicknames to get through. Yep. It's, um, I, uh, I do kind of like the fact that they, that they gave him something small, even with that knee tweak. To work with because Neville is a guy where you run the risk of yeah he does really cool looking spots but that's he does the same ones every match yeah, now he does yeah. mix them up enough but you run the risk of it going like well okay here's the red arrow yeah it still looks cool but yeah that's what we really got to avoid because people don't understand that Neville's actually a fantastic bell to bell worker and yeah has put on some match of the year candidates during the last year in NXT so yeah. uh, we. I, goodness we really really got to be careful to stay away from here he comes here comes this flip here comes that flip here comes the red right. arrow that's what it's all about when neville comes out there when it, it right. could be so much more. they did show him use the uh the stall german suplex so yeah i was excited about that and the fact that he did it to such a big guy like barrett was really cool yeah but yeah uh, uh, but i like the knee tweak because it gives you something else to focus on instead yeah. of just all the spots which says that they've actually they're actually putting some effort into him um i did uh, I'm just kind of worried they're kind of running Barrett versus Neville into the ground. This is, I think, the, bit. I think this is the fourth time they fought. 
you got the King of the Ring, they had a match on Raw, they had Payback, and I think they had a match before that. So it's just kind of like, okay, we've seen this. Which, again, goes back to you don't want to just do the same thing over and over again. Um, the uh, Fatal 4-Way world title match was, first of all, by this point, it was probably about 80 degrees inside the arena. It was extremely hot during this entire match. It's not um, good with, with 12,000 people there. Not good. Um, this this was, I mean, it, it was a little bit ruined by the fact that it was so bogged down with so much interference. But in general, this was fucking balls out crazy in, in person. Let me tell you something right now. Dean Ambrose is really fucking over. Like, that place blew up anytime he was on the screen and during his entrance was a really adrenaline-pumping moment. Um, another thing that was cool was uh, this Baltimore crowd was pretty traditional in that it was pretty much 100% uh, booing on, on Seth Rollins. Um, mm-hmm. And then you got... It was probably 75-25 for Roman Reigns as far as cheers versus boos. So... Yeah. Um, it- it's really amazing how Reigns has just gone from being like, here he comes again, to people like him now. Yeah. And and he, I mean, the S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion spot was just a fucking explosion in there. Like, it was so crazy when that happened. It was so much fun. Um, that was great. Uh, the double, them having to go for it again and finally bust the table when he was trying to throw Kane through Rollins on the table. That was fantastic. Um I can say that the the ending was a bit uh, sudden or disjointed in person. Like it kind of just happened, and everybody was like, "What?" <laughs> you know. It was kind of the same way on TV too. Was so okay. that was that wasn't just an in-person thing. But they were running really low on time at that point. So it was kind of like well, you can't have that something. overrun on your own network. Anyways. Right. Which, that's true. Um, I, I liked the match a lot. Um, the interference didn't bother me that much. Um, as you knew it was coming. Uh, I don't like, again, that they made the thing all about Kane, yeah. at least for part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion more than made up for it, because you're right, that was... When those three finally do reunite, it better close something big. Yeah. Because uh, th- those three are going to headline WrestleMania in a, in a three-way... One, or they're going to headline something. Well, in a I, three- I always said that I thought that their face run was, was cut way, way too short. Like, I can they agree had with that. time to keep, keep busting butt and, you know, be the S.H.I.E.L.D. and be the good yeah. guys but anyways yeah. um yeah shield they're gonna be back one day you know they're gonna be back um i did love the look on on rollins face when he yeah. realized he was about to die yeah. and that was very powerful like they did a really good job of like their their spacing and where they were positioned because everybody in the arena got it like everybody saw like they're high-fiving and all happy and then they just kind of stopped and we're just looking at Rollins and he starts it was it was a really good moment in person yeah. I did also cool. I did also love the uh, the little exchange between Reigns and Ambrose where they're like well we've kind of beaten up everybody, everybody else so out let's here beat each other up yeah and then with Reigns saying well we got we got to do what we got to do loser buys the beer yeah because I do like how they've managed to keep Reigns and Ambrose as like brothers yeah, through yeah. all this even just, they've got each other's back they don't have to be on screen all the time yep. they just know they've got each other's back if it ever comes down to absolutely. it absolutely um and uh i have a feeling you and i are going to get into it over this uh i hated the pedigree ending i hated 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 it why is that, that was it this whole story continues to come off like rollins trying to impress his father triple h 
That is how this whole... I mean, Triple H even referred to himself as Daddy's Back one night uh, on Raw a couple weeks ago. And that's... I do not like the world champion being treated as this subordinate to someone like... I, I get the idea that he is beneath Triple H. I get that. He is. I don't... It, I don't like the way it's coming off. I really, really don't. It just seems like Rollins is trying to impress Triple H and not, like, be world champion. Well, Triple H was the corporate champion for McMahon for on and off quite a bit back in the day, so I could see it. I mean, Rollins is a snivelly little shit, and that's his character, so I don't don't mind it. I didn't... I didn't... It was just weird, like I said in person. Like, it was just kind of... Like, okay, I guess he's going to use the pedigree. I, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. Um, I don't know if it... But because Triple H debuted it when he was a much smaller wrestler. So yeah. it's it can be a smaller wrestler's uh, finish. It can. So I I suppose I, I get it. Um, you know, Rollins would be a real good candidate to bring back the DDT as like a real move. as like a finisher. Well, him or, or Ziggler is who I've been thinking of would be a real well, good the, candidate to bring that DDT, back as a finish. The, the DDT, it's just such a common move anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, it, so was I mean, the pile driver a few years ago. Now yeah. nobody does it, and if anybody busted it out, it'd be the most devastating fucking thing ever. Last time we saw it was a Punk and, punk and Cena, and everyone yeah. shit their pants, which they should have because it looked brutal. Um, yeah, I, so I, I would. I the way to fix the DDT is to quit fucking using it in every match and then yeah. have somebody bring it back, and I think Rollins would be a good candidate. And have someone actually sell it as you're done for more than like two seconds. Or how about uh, the reverse DDT? Like, uh, yeah. not, not the Sting Scorpion Death Drop style, but the uh, the dropout one where, you know, like. Um, like Christian used to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that one. That'd be a good one, too, for well, I mean, Anything I, like that that strikes quick. Yeah, I just, uh, anything is better than that front DDT of his, which just looked. I don't know what they were going for with that. I'm annoyed that they've gotten rid of the curb stomp, but, I mean. I guess the idea is you don't want to mess with head injuries, even though the pedigree is dropping pedigree someone on the face. Literally does the same exact thing to somebody as the yeah. curb stomp. Uh, speaking of striking fast and out of nowhere, um, how did you feel about? Because I saw a bunch of people on the forum. Oh, they just put Dean Ambrose in here to take the fall. Meh meh meh. Fucking crying because their favorite wasn't mowing through people like fucking Goldberg. And they were bitching because they thought Ambrose was put in the match to take the fall. Let me tell you something. Uh, first of all, it's stupid because, no, Ambrose is over. Like, really fucking over. More over than I even knew, for one. And for two, of course fucking Orton took the fall. So, what do you th- what'd you think of Orton taking the fall? I liked it. I thought Ambrose was going to take the fall, too, but I'm like, well, whatever. Uh, it didn't bother me. that if, if he, It wouldn't have bothered me that much if he would have, because it, there was... N- in a match like that, there is no way it was going to be clean. Well, it would have bothered me only because it would have fed the, con- the conspiracy theories, and everybody I would have had to read and listen to everybody bitch about it. But it didn't happen, so I was happy. Yeah. Uh, I um, Orton taking the ball. Orton, like Ziggler earlier, Orton's one of those guys where he can just stand out there and like smolder at the camera, and he'll no one's going to remember what happened last night. So Orton's going to be fine, uh, as all Absolutely. of course he is. Um, I've been a big Orton fan for years, and I still think he's better as a face than a heel, which I know isn't the most common opinion. But uh, no, they use him right as a face. He is, but they yeah. really do. Yeah, um, he'll be back. Uh, but he, uh, it was a good match. Orton taking the vault is the right move. Obviously, you don't want to have Reigns take it. Uh, Ambrose, no, Rollins is winning. So 
Orton makes the most sense, and he'll be he'll be just fine. So so good, pretty good match, decent show overall. Fortunately for us, or maybe unfortunately, well, fortunately, as it looks like this is getting built up to be pretty damn badass, is uh, we got Elimination Chamber coming yes, up do. just next weekend, and I am fucking pumped. So far, this looks like a badass card. Um, it does. It does. It's another show where they have no time to build it, so they just have to throw everything on it that they can, and that really works. Let's talk about what everybody tuned in here is talk about. The Divas? John Cena and Kevin fucking Owens. Man, this has potential. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. I am too. Um, it, and it's... I think I like it. Oh jeez. Can you go back to the puns? Yeah. Um, this is gonna be. I don't even. God, it's it's hard to figure out where to start. This is such a huge deal because you have, if they want to put over NXT as a serious brand, if they want to put over. It's bigger than just Kevin Owens, like, who, in and of himself, has immense, immense star potential to be one of the top guys in the WWE. It's not just that. It's the fact that the NXT champion came on your programming, dropped the franchise player, and said, I'm better than you, and I'm going to beat you. And Kevin Owens' whole thing, since he showed up on the scene, has been that he always comes through on what he says he's going to do because he's so cold he's so unremorseful he just makes shit happen and I've said for the longest time I said it with Bray Wyatt before they fucking ruined him I said the scariest thing about a guy who's evil a guy who's a villain is that he says he's gonna do something and then it fucking happens and that is what has happened with Kevin Owens and that's what I just hope so hard there's two ways it can go Kevin Owens can continue to be that character, to say, I'm going to kick your ass, I'm going to hurt you, and then he does it, and he comes through because he's legit. He can, They can put over the NXT champion as this great fighter and this great wrestler, this under, underhanded villain who rules over NXT. That's going to put over the entire brand because from here on forwards, you're going to say, oh, that guy went toe-to-toe with Kevin Owens. That guy went toe-to-toe with Kevin Owens. He must be something. The more you put over the brand, the more you're putting over the people who are the top stars of the brand. And so when those people come up to the main roster, they're going to be higher profile than just some guy that you introduce. If you make the brand seem like a bigger deal, you make everybody who comes up from said brand into a bigger deal. And that's why I feel like so much is writing on how this go. It doesn't have to be clean. I would prefer it if he cheated and did some chicken shit cheating or some, something nasty to him. But god damn, he has to, to fucking beat him. When is the... Uh, question for you. I know you are you get very emotional about this. When is the last time you were this excited for a a debut match this on the main This excited slash petrified. Because right after it happened, right after I read what happened, I immediately went into, like, panic mode, into scared mode. Like, oh my god... I know it's going to happen. The same thing that always fucking happens. They're going to do some limp dick booking where, oh, well, Kevin Owens got really close and, and he looked real good against John Cena, so that's just as good. No, it fucking isn't. It's not just as fucking not good. Not for a debut. Not for it's a debut. Not it's not just as good. People want to say, that's the, oh, well, you don't have to beat someone to get put over by them. You don't have to. No, you don't have to. But if um, the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan 
at WrestleMania 6 had a match that ended in almost a countout and then Hulk Hogan ended up winning or the Ultimate Warrior won by countout or something like that. Would it have put over Ultimate Warrior? Would it have been one of the great cases of putting someone over in the history of the business? No, it fucking wouldn't. You can sit there and say somebody taking John Cena to the max is the same as them getting put over. And in its own way, it definitely is, and I'm not denying that. But it to say that it's just as good as somebody fucking beating John Cena, one, two, three, that is not correct. It's just not correct. It's not the same. It's not as good. He, God, he needs to go over him. Not just for Kevin Owens, but for the brand of NXT in general and the future of the WWE. Right. I mean, and I don't want to see... Not to put a lot on this match, everybody, or anything like that, but that's just the way I feel about it's it. It's just kind of the biggest debut in the last, like, yeah. ever. Um, uh, I don't see, see I don't see um, Owens going over with a pin, obviously not a submission. Uh, I could easily see him winning this by count-out. By or, disabling John Cena, I could see that too. Or, or, like, driving Cena so crazy that Cena gets himself disqualified. Yeah. And Owens can sit there and laugh and say, I got in your head, yep. like I get in everybody's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would be fine, because um, you don't want to have the, at the same time, even though it is Cena, you don't want to have the U.S. champion get pinned. Um, yeah, depending on... It is Cena, though. That, that's... On, exactly. It's fucking Cena. He'll be fine. Kevin Owens yeah. could fucking take him in the middle of the ring and fucking bend him over and pin him like that, and fucking, it's Cena. The next night, he'll yeah. be fine. Um, yeah. Cena can talk his way of anything. Well, um, the way... There's and we discussed this a hundred times. It's the subtleties. There's plenty of ways to have Cena lose by pin, to where he doesn't look bad. Like mm-hmm. you can have Owens cheat so badly that it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, hit him with the belt when the ref's back. Shit, that'd be beautiful. What if he hit him over the head with the NXT belt and then pinned him? How good would that be? How symbolic would that be? I mean. You know, hits him over the head with the belt and, and also pulls the trunks and puts his feet on the ropes. Like, there's Just so many can. ways that... Well, uh, the subtleties with the belt, that's something I wanted to get back to. Um, Owens, on Monday, have, have you seen the full segment I yet? have seen it. I didn't okay. see the full thing, but I have seen what you're about to say. Okay, well, Owens said that this is the prize yep. that I fight for. Yep. However, you got to remember, this is coming right after... I can't remember if it was this past week or the week or I think it was this past week where Cena has been giving these speeches about how the WWE Championship is the be-all, end-all, but I say this is the title that matters more yep. because it's the one that everybody can fight for. And then Owens is saying, yeah, that you say it's bigger than the WWE Championship. I say the NXT title is bigger than that. Yeah, that's true. That's I true. love that. It, so, it's, it's, again, it's one of those subtle things mm-hmm. that if you, have to, you have to catch it. But if it's Owens, this is... The more I think about it, the more I don't know what the future is going to be for NXT because, and I mean, I say this in a good way, I mean, NXT right now is so ridiculously hot and it's got so much attention on it, how much longer can you go with NXT being this white hot thing? That yeah, the bubble's going to burst at some point, most likely. It is. Yeah. And I, see, I don't know how that's going to hold up on when you compare it to WWE. I mean... Do you, I mean, I don't, I know people have thrown out ideas like the in, invasion. No, 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 no. No, no, I mean, it'll stay its own brand. It's just not going to be at quite the apex that it is now. Right. I think eventually you're going to start seeing um, some underutilized vets head down to NXT and be, and be a major part of the show. I mean, I'm yeah. sure 
I would love and you would love and the individual that we're going to talk about uh, would love. I know that everybody would love it if Jack Swagger went down there um, yes. to utilize his wrestling skills. He could have been the leader of that shoot nation stable. Um, mm. And find anything to do other than lose to Rusev every five minutes. Other than not be on the show. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of guys on the main roster that would have been awesome to go down there. Um, God. If Zig- was... Zig- Ziggler would be a good choice to send down there Ziggler for a bit. Ziggler would be just a to... great choice to go down there and be the NXT champ and put on great matches and put somebody over for it eventually and all that. I mean, there's plenty of, of gatekeepers that would yeah. be good to send down there and have time. To and they have nothing else. They're not nothing doing else good anything do. else. Yep. Um, uh, but the, the thing the thing with that is though, how many of us said a year ago when Arrival was going a little over a year ago when Arrival was going on? Okay, yeah, they blew it out of the park with this one, but this isn't going to last forever. And now Arrival, it it's like like that was like a launch pad to what yeah, we're at now. Yeah. So I mean, maybe it will keep getting better. I don't know how, but. Good lord! There's, there's still things they can do with it, and I still think oh, yeah. they should feature an NXT title match on uh, Mania or the big yeah. shows or something. Um, Even on Raw would be would be a nice. So thing. the the subtlety that that could be involved in this. Now I don't know if you've even thought of this, or a lot of people have even gone down this road in their head because the of the enormity of the Cena Owens match and what it can mean for everything. But how much are you gonna shit your pants? When the storyline is revealed that Owens was fucking jealous of Sami Zayn and saw Sami Zayn get that big pop and all that love in Montreal, where Owens is also from or right from from right outside of there, he saw Sami Zayn get all this love. He saw Sami Zayn get all this attention. So he said, you know what? Fuck him. Fuck that. I took the belt from him. I hurt Sami Zayn. And now I'm going to hurt him again. And now I'm going to beat John Cena. How awesome is that going to be when they come back it's, around and connect those dots oh, later man. on? It's going gonna, it's gonna to work. And no, I hadn't thought of that, but it's going to be... Again, it blows my mind after all these years of all these stupid, stupid stories that just have all Something these... Something so in... simple, yeah, can be I, so I mean, good, yep. That's, what, that's, what, that's my go-to line whenever somebody says, well, we need to change how wrestling works. It's like, no, it's not. It's just not done right. Yeah. There are so many things you can do, like this right here. I mean, the story of Sammy and Owens, which has been one of the best feuds in a long time, is just, you got here first and I'm jealous. It's it's a basic jealousy story that people, that the performances, if you can have the performance work, it can carry a really basic story as far as you want it to go. And instead of overthinking it with all these things like, Orton saying, well, I have this disorder where I hurt people. No, you're just evil. Stop trying to to explain everything and just do it. You know, you can explain it later. I mean, the, the, the shock from when Owens powerbombed him on the apron at the end of Our Evolution was all I needed to watch this feud for, like, the next three months minimum. Yeah. Because it's that one shocking moment. That's all you need. If you do it right... You can take a basic story like this and run with it forever. But, and it's so, not, like, with something like that, that's a twist that, not even a twist, it's just like a, it's a deeper plot point. Yeah. But, and the fact that we could now get that is, it's so, so nice to hear. You know what else is nice to hear? The fact that this match is going to be, like, one of the least crazy things that are on, that's on this show. Oh, yeah. Can you fucking believe that there's a day has come 
a new day, if you will, that <laughs> the Intercontinental and Tag Team Championships are going to be the Elimination Chamber matches. It's, I kind of love that. Oh, uh, fuck I do yeah, love, that. love it. That's fucking incredible. That's a, good, yeah. just a great way to put the belts over. Because um, there's no there's no reason to just have the WWE and the and the the, the world title hog the chamber. I mean, other than, if I remember right, out of all the chamber matches, there has been one that has not either been for the title or for a shot at the title. There, the one was the Extreme Elimination Chamber, which which that no, that was for the ECW title. Yeah, I mean, it's not for, like, the WWE okay, or the okay. World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, no, every single one has either been for the title or for a shot at the title. Yeah. So, and you know what? This, I think this plays into a little bit. Remember yesterday's discussion about the stagnation at the top? Well, maybe they realize that with all the hot-shotting that they've done over the years and all of the booking the mid-card titles and the mid-card in general, like, absolute shit, that... They need to refocus on building these guys up at that level so that they can become stars later. Right. And I think that's another thing that we're seeing in the booking where they're trying to put over the U.S. title. They're trying to put over the Intercontinental title. They're trying to rekindle the tag division. It's because if people are familiar with these guys being a big deal already, once they finally get to the main event, they'll take them seriously as a big deal once they get to the main event. And um, that's I think that's a refocus in, in trying to develop talent in the, the big time, the holes we have as far as star power right now. Right. Um, well, I mean, if you look back through the history books, the biggest star, other than Hogan, every big star ever, when they, once since they've been around, every big star has had a good run with a mid-card yep, title. Yep. I mean, and Hogan, you got I mean, keeping in mind that the title was like three or four years old when he got there. Yeah. When, when you know, so, I mean... There is nothing wrong with having a mid-card title. I mean, I remember when Austin brought the title back uh, after they had uh, decided to merge all the titles into two, which, oh, that's a stupid idea. Um, he pulled out the title and said, this was a very important championship in my career. Yeah. And oh, said, yeah. we're going to we're gonna bring it back. Good, because you they're, not everybody is going to be a world champion. That's very clear. I mean, can you really picture, like, Kofi Kingston as the world champion? You know, but... He's like a four- or five-time Intercontinental Champion. And that's a very cool spot for him to be in. It's a very logical spot for him to be in. You know, not right now, I mean. But I'm talking just like the high point of his career. Yeah, looking... um, but, well, because... Well, Kofi Kingston is one of the people that I'm going to point to that, that that's why it's been so wrong for so long. He's a four- or five-time Intercontinental Champion, but you just said it. You can never take him seriously as a world champion because all of his title runs have been complete shit. And that's why they need to change yeah. this, and why they need to put a different emphasis on on the way that these titles are looked at and structured. Now, if they build this belt, like okay, say Kofi Kingston came out and beat John Cena for that for the U.S. title open title, you know what I mean? That now that title looks is a different thing. It, it would and be a much bigger run. If he has a good run, then he might be able to be taken seriously as a main eventer, which would was never the case before. It was almost a fucking curse whenever somebody got that belt. Like, oh, they're gonna fucking lose all the time. Oh, now it was go nowhere, do nothing. Um, who are we thinking is gonna come out of this elimination chamber match? Um, well, it won't be truth. Um, let's see. We got Ryback, Rusev, uh, Barrett. Who am I forgetting? Uh, Ryback, Rusev, Barrett, uh, Truth, um, Ziggler, and Sheamus. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna limit truth. Obviously, no. I don't think Rusev's gonna get it. it just, he just came off a yeah. mid card run. It's just kind of like we've just done that. You gotta let him have some character development instead of just putting the title on him again. Uh, 
Ziggler, again, we've covered that uh, so extensively. Yeah. Man, uh, Bear... I gotta go... The only person who's a big enough deal to carry it with half the, the profile that Brian was going to carry it with is, is Sheamus. I, I'm with you. Uh, it's it's I th- tough because he hasn't been pushed as hard as he should have since coming back to really... I mean, I think another month of dominance would have made this a lot better, but the, the time is... Uh, yeah, you gotta get the show on before. Can't see me. The time is now, so uh, right. they gotta go for it. Um, yeah, I'm with Sheamus on. I could, I could. Sheamus is probably the favorite for this. Uh, I could easily see uh, two guys, two faces battling it out, and then one of them gets the pin, and then Sheamus yeah, just broke kicks their head off. Kick. Yeah, uh, and and also, of course, if God forbid they, you know, fucking maybe mention the fact that Sheamus was the one that hurt Daniel Bryan. Uh, I thought they did mention that a couple weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, I could see him coming out of it. Um, I'm interested to see with these guys. I'm interested to see Rusev go crazy and wreck some people. It won't be quite uh, the olden days, like, you know, when Umaga had his big run in the chamber and when Goldberg did. I mean, they can't get quite as violent as back in the day, but it'll still be it'll still be fun. Well, now for the interesting question, who knocks out Rusev? Uh, I'm thinking they probably go the... The Royal Rumble style, whenever they... Every, I'm thinking mm. every team's up. Okay, that makes sense. Because he is pretty easily the top... Oh, absolutely. The the, the, the bull of the woods in this one, yeah. so... Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I can see, I can see, like, I can see, like, a bro, like, a, a bro kick into a zigzag, into, yeah. like, oh, maybe yeah, into a shell shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The parade of finishers, as I refer to it. I could see that, and then have, like, uh, like, Truth come off the top with something, and then that pins him. Um, but, yeah... Match is going to be crazy because I guess all the teams are going to be in there together. That's how, they, that's how they've described it. Um, I, Did I not hear correctly or are the Wyatts not in this match for some they reason? They are not. <laughs> I don't I don't really get that as they would fit perfectly into the environment. Um, Assuming they fit into a pod. Well, that's... Well, the way you fix that is you have one of them start off. Well, that's true. Um, um Well, actually, from what I understand, isn't it going to be like... like at the start of the match, there's going to be four people in the ring to start. Oh, could be. I, I have no idea. They, they, <laughs> the way that this has been 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 paced out has been kind of odd. So I have no idea how it's well, supposed to work. The, but the, the problem the problem is once you open the pod, what's going to stop both guys from coming out? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. So I guess so. It's I mean, you, you kind of have to. Also, either that or this chamber match is going to be like 48 minutes long. Yeah, it's going to be somewhat of a clusterfuck, which WWE has like no fear of doing since they want to have like. 10-man ladder matches and shit like that. Um, so there's going to be, let's see, six pods, so 12 people in this match? Yeah. Holy shit. But, oh well, I mean, <laughs> hey, it's the tag titles in a big spot. There's probably going to be some pretty crazy stuff going on. Hopefully it doesn't get too botchy or too illogical with all those people in there. And um, at least it is elimination, so they can get some of those guys out yeah, of there. there's, there's ways to work it, but um, big time looking forward to it. I got a feeling just because... They're so hot and riding so high and been doing so good. And because it'll be a funny, like, it's the kind of match where heels can come out on top on some on some straight bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a feeling New Day rides again. Well, I mean, let, let's see who we've got in this. We've got uh, Ascension. Fuck yeah. We've... They want they want a match. Two <laughs> matches, probably. Well, the if if the mega powers, thank goodness they got rid of that meta powers name. That was yeah. so stupid. Um, if thank goodness they won that, I, I would not have been able to handle it if those two schnooks had beaten the ascension. 
which I could have sworn the, that was where the they were ultimate going. ultimate final, final desecration, yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got that, um, you've got them, you've got, uh, two Luchador teams for, I, I do not know why Los Matadores continue to have a job with Lucha, with, uh, with the Lucha Dragons around. Yeah. Um, uh, uh you got or both of them. Just don't do a gimmick change or do something. Yeah. Just make, let them be Primo and, uh, and Epico again. It's, it, it's at least somewhat different than what they're doing now. Yeah. Um, and you might be able to tell them apart for a change. Um, you got um, primetime players um, who finally get to wrestle a match. Yeah, got to wrestle a match. Pretty impressive. Um, who am I forgetting? Uh, New Day and Kid and Cesaro. Yep, yep. Um, I think that they're, they're going to have to... Uh, they, they've got to pull the pull the trigger on Cesaro and Kid getting the belts back at some point. Uh, they're too... This feud has worked very well. I don't think... I haven't been able to make up my mind on this. Okay, we can write off Ascension and Los Matadores mm-hmm. right off the bat. Yep. Um, uh, that well, leaves well, us. Let me say something. If there was ever a chance to rebuild the Ascension, this is the fucking chance. Yes, it is. Where they got these guys in, a, you know, a really hardcore environment where they can really brutalize some people. Uh, they'll probably. Prob- one, one can only hope. They'll probably go out to Los Matadores in thirty seconds. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Um. I'd love to see Ascension do it. If nothing else, I would love to see Ascension uh, have a showdown with the Wyatts. Just yeah. the stare down yeah. alone would be the stare down alone for that would would be worth it. Um, but uh, you can probably write off the prime time players. They're entertaining, but I don't see them as champions. I mean, they're not hot enough to take it off the new day. No, so. no, no, no. Um, they're much more of just an entertaining team yeah. than, a, than a really good team. Um, so you can wipe wipe them out. Lucha Dragons are a dark horse. Um, yeah, yeah. They've yeah. they've been they are they're connecting the way Los Matador has just never came close to doing. They're a dark horse for a reason. That I'm going to explain that the next guy in the next match is also a dark horse. Continue. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with New Day as well, but it would not surprise me one bit to see Kid and Cesaro get him here. I do think New Day uh, sneaks in to steal the win, though I'm not entirely certain. At some point on this show, a heel has to lose, and uh, it looks like Sheamus is winning the chamber. It uh, if New Day wins, Rollins is going to win. Uh, uh, le- is Rollins going to win? <laughs> yeah. Well, next match. <laughs> next match. Oh so man! It so makes I, you I think that that possibly Kinsas or the Lich Dragons might might take this. Just so we I'm gonna, have an all I'm bad gonna, guy winning night. Well, all the matches haven't been announced either. There's probably going to be a couple more true. matches. Where there, there, there will. There will. I'm I'm gonna go with with New Day, um, though I would not. It, that's one of those picks where I think I'm gonna be wrong. Yeah. So we'll go with New Day. The biggin. I'm yeah. telling you right now what I said with the last match, what I'm gonna say with this match because of what you just said. Remember when we talked about the honky tonk man, uh, yes, theory last night, which you mm-hmm. just said. Well, of course Rollins is gonna win. Everybody's thinking that coming into this. Remember that this is going to be on May 31st. The last day of May, which is a free month for the network. Mm-hmm. Starting June 1st, the network's going to go back to, you know, everybody needs to subscribe to watch. For like this, a month. This show is a network exclusive. It's not on pay-per-view. So, they're giving, they're, they're, they're giving the network... It's the last day that the network is free. It's a network-only show. So, mm-hmm. hey, look at what kind of stuff happens on the network. How out of this world would it be 
if you have a surprise Dean Ambrose title victory. I don't oh. think it's out of the question. I don't think it is either. Um, because people, but... you know, you just said it, and everybody's out there saying, oh, of course Rollins is going to win. Of course this. Of course that. If Ambrose somehow pulls off this huge shock title win on the last night the network is free, what what better way to promote you know, hey, you actually want you want to keep watching this. You want to keep having access to the network, so you don't miss out on stuff like this. Can't you hear Michael Voice's stupid? Uh, can't you hear Michael Michael Cole's stupid fucking face saying at the next night on Raw? All of you people who weren't network subscribers, you missed out the most shocking title victory. You know, oh, the I last can hear two years. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm telling you right now, there's there's a dark horse underdog chance that that could happen, and it would be awesome. I'd love it. Uh, just uh, that, that's giving me flashbacks to Jeff Hardy winning at Armageddon 08. Yep. Is where that's the you don't picture it coming, but it does. Um, it would be a good way to close the show because I cannot imagine that as much as it should. I can't imagine uh, a chamber match closing the show. Yeah. Um. Mm, well, if if it gets us away from the eventual Rollins Kane showdown. Uh, I'm all for being for the title. I'm all for it. Um, I would love it if you were right on this. Um, Ambrose will be champion eventually. We, I think, we all know that. Well, and, and the fact is, is, and you brought this to light last night. I mean, how many weeks? What do we got? Two weeks for another pay per view? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two weeks, if that. So, I mean, two week title reign. Just to have some shock, yeah. crazy stuff go down at the on the network exclusive, and then you know, a couple weeks later, crazy amounts of interference. Same bullshit. Um, yeah, that Rollins wins the belt back. The short title reign has become a lost art, and it works really, really well. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I don't remember. I mean, other than like one lasting a day, I don't remember the last time we had like a two week reign like that. Just yep. to, just to say, it, I mean, as uh, as Vincent Gorilla used to say, anything can happen, happen. here. Yep. And anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation. That's a good way to get to get that feeling back. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ambrose, like, he's going to be champion eventually. We, I think we all know that. At some point, he's going to be. Uh, and I kind of like the idea of giving him just a quick taste of it before you give him the big reign, um, which is what I'm hey, hoping... Hey, try to... this one on for size. Try this one. Okay. Fucking Ambrose takes the belt mm-hmm. and keeps it. We're going to have the rematch it at Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. On that same night, Roman Reigns gets the briefcase at the end of uh, this crazy interference. Somehow Ambrose overcomes and retains the belt. Fucking Roman Reigns comes out, turns heel finally, cashes in the belt. How heartbreaking would that be? Oh, that would be good. Yeah. I I have wanted Reigns to win the title uh, at anywhere but WrestleMania. I think just the pressure of being on the big stage like that, you kind of have to like, I like the idea of giving him the title somewhere else, like at Money in the Bank, or like at Night of Champions, or something like that, where he can just let off some of that steam, and it's like, now it's not him winning the championship for this big transitioning moment where he's the new guy, which I don't think it's I don't think it's that obvious that he's going to be the, the next guy anymore. Or, or at least you do, you can do a, uh, where he comes out, the match is almost over, and then he turns into a triple threat just like Rollins did to him. And he pins, not Rollins, he pins Ambrose, just like Rollins did to him. And then, 
you get it. You set it up momentarily to where Reigns comes to the ring. He catches in the belt. They all stand up. They all look at each other. And then you have your preview of what SummerSlam is going to look like when you have a Shield triple threat for the belt. Yeah, it's, it, you have to keep the triple threat at, at Money in the Bank real short if you Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We'll only give you two minutes, three minutes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, because where, where Rollins you don't and, and Ambrose, especially Ambrose, will have been through a war trying to fight off all the interference. And then, yeah. then there you go. Because you don't want to, you don't want to. That's one, that's a big match that they oh, yeah. have. Oh, yeah. That's one of the few dream matches they have right now. Uh, you don't want to blow that one on a, just on a little a, taste, just a little taste. Yeah. So, I don't think just with all the options that they have coming up, with all the shows being so close together, with this mm-hmm. being a network exclusive, with this being the end of the free month, with Money in the Bank right around the corner, with Reigns going out of his way to announce that he's going to be in the Money in the Bank match. I just think that this conclusion of this match next Sunday is a lot less foregone than it would appear on the surface. I hope you're right. That would be, I the bet like we said last night, the best feeling in the world is when you don't know what's going to happen. Yep. And yep. it's you have to watch to find out because there there are very few moments where this happens, but when they happen, they're the best in the world. Where you are so sure that it's going to happen and then either somebody kicks out or it's a pin where you don't expect it and then everything goes nuts just for a couple seconds and that would be the case if Ambrose won the title. Absolutely. Where you just, like, where are they going with this? It's going to be, uh, gonna be big no, time. If nothing else, you can use that to uh, to set to plant more seeds for Rollins blaming the authority for, ever, mm-hmm. for the title loss. Um... And Triple H could say you're supposed to be your own man, uh, and just there's a there's a million ways you could go with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and hopefully we don't just get the same old standard of the heel wins with with the interference. Yeah. Next yeah, show. Yeah. Um, I, I like the idea. I hope you're right. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it safe and say Rollins retains. Okay. Yeah, but don't blame but, you. So I I hope you're right though. But I think that yeah I I think I mean you know that's the the safe easy way to, to assume it's going to end. If, if WWE does anything, they'd like to go with safe and easy. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't, I don't doubt what you say either, but I just, I, there's, there's possibilities right under the surface. Yeah. Um, a possibility that I am surprised, a surprise ending that we're about to have is I thought we were already done with the match recommendations, but you've got another one for us tonight. What is it, KB? Oh, yeah, uh, we did skip the Divas match at, uh, at, at Elimination Chamber. Oh, yeah, there's gonna be a triple, well, nobody's made, I've, I've seen no... That was, it was officially on SmackDown. Oh, well, that's why nobody's ever brought it up. Yeah. Um, I think I'm the only person on the planet that watches SmackDown live, so... Yeah, I watched some of it the other night, but not, not enough to know, to know that. Um... Yeah. They did, um... I'm gonna say... a weird setup, right? With Paige returning, you would think that I mean, I think Paige and a Paige and Nikki feud could be, or not Nikki. Good lord, not Nikki. Um, a Paige and Naomi feud could be that really, could be really good, actually. It could be, though. It just at some point they have got to end this Nikki title reign, even though they seem determined to try to put uh, put the Bellas on the level of Trish and Lita uh, for reasons that continue to elude me. Um, uh, I think Nikki will be the will. Uh, I think I think she drops the title here. I hope she drops the title here. She's doing much better than I expected, but she's had the thing since Survivor Series. It's time for somebody new in there, or at least fresh in there. Uh, Naomi winning it and then having Paige chase it for a while would be good. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'll go with that. I don't think I'll go with Naomi takes it and Paige chases her for a bit. That would be good. That would be a good way to, um, God forbid, they add some psychology to a diva program or angle. But that would work well since the since the only reason that Naomi's even in there in the first place is because she snaked Paige and hurt her backstage. Mm -hmm. So now she'll end up winning the belt because in a spot where she shouldn't have even been in the first place. And now she'll have the belt and Paige will be having the chase when it never, you know what I mean? She's an undeserving yeah. champion right off yeah. the bat because of what she did to Paige. Yeah, so that should be good. That would be solid. That would be solid. Um, what's your what's your solid match recommendation for us? This oh, this week, is so? this this is not solid. This is this is uh, this is downright uh, soft and sloppy. Watery, um, watery diarrhea-like substance. Okay, what yeah. is it? Uh, okay, you ever been to Georgia? I have. Okay, did you like the scenery? Yeah, it wasn't bad. Okay, would you like to like ride through the countryside of oh, Georgia? Oh God! Once? Oh God! <laughs> yeah, is a, you... this is an all-time favorite. Oh, well, man. how would you like to drive through the scenery of Georgia while watching the Repo Man and Goldust have a match yeah. in the back of a truck? You know what's crazy? Well, there's a lot of things that are crazy. First off, uh, I've seen Goldust talk about it in in an interview that that match was actually like like it had super production value, like. They had oh the, yeah, the over the head helicopter. Like it was oh, this yeah. whole thing. It took like the whole day to get it done, and like all of these resources to put on just one of the worst, shittiest <laughs> matches you will ever fucking see. <laughs> Classic WCW. The amount of money they had to have spent on the truck driver, on the police escort, on the helicopter sky cam, on shutting down the fucking roads, on just everything to have. Oh, Barry Darso awful match. match for a Barry Darso match. God, the thing is, and the thing is, the editing is so horrible. It so goes from like horrible. from like sunset to the middle of the day yeah. to to Dustin has a shirt on, then he doesn't have a shirt on, yeah. then he has a shirt on again. Um, this is I, I I've thought about starting a ser a mini series on here called Yes, they really did that yeah. with some of WCW's worst ideas. This is a good one to start with. We'll go uh, ahead and throw out them because we didn't. We, we jumped so no, we fast didn't, we didn't. into how the greatness. It's um, this was from. It is the Black Top Bully against Dustin yep. Rhodes. Uh, uncensored ninety five. Uncensored ninety five. Uh, see, here's this is what amazes me the most out of this feud. The Black Top Bully feud versus Dustin Rhodes was a was an offshoot of the of Colonel Parker's stud stable yeah, against the yeah. Rhodes family. Mm -hmm. That met, the big blow off from that was back in uh, September of '94. This was March of '95. Yeah, that feud was still going, and the thing is, the feud only ended because Dustin did, and he uh, he bladed unauthorized in that match. Yeah, and he yeah. got he got the spot as Gold Dust as a result because mm -hmm. uh, nobody WWE, yep. WWE wasn't hiring Barry Darso yeah. to be an evil truck driver. Yeah. Amazingly enough. So that feud was going to continue. Yeah. Um, also on that show, if you're interested, you get to see martial artist Jim Duggan. I don't think that needs much more of an explanation. Yeah, I remember that being a weird fucking match. That was a weird yeah. show overall. Isn't that the one where, um, doesn't Johnny B. Bad put a bucket over fucking Arn Anderson's yep. head and punches him with it on? That's a sweet yes, move. <laughs> and... Bobby Heenan busts out the, the signature. Oh my goodness! Because he punches the shit out of him with a bucket over his head. Good times. And all, you Good also times. get Rick, 
you also get Ric Flair and drag, and that's worth the price of admission alone. Yeah, yeah. it's a pretty interesting show. Interesting, like, uh, three-car pileup on interstate, on the interstate, kind of interesting. Um, With so. goat escaping from a cage. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, Uncensored 95, the King of the Road match. King of uh, the Road if, match, baby. If you want to see WCW... At its most at, WCWE. Yes, check that out. You will you will sit there in awe and just wonder how they managed to survive another six years. That's probably what people will be wondering after listening to this podcast. No, I kid, I kid. Um, hope you guys enjoyed tonight's review slash preview show. We'll be back for probably a double header next weekend um, as we can set up the final the final go home to elimination chamber, and then we will obviously review it and. There will probably be some some very high emotions on my part, depending on... Well, there'll be high emotions either oh, way. Yeah. It'll be celebratory, and I'll have no voice because Kevin Owens won, or it'll be very downtrodden and regretful because John Cena won. Um, so, whichever way that ends up going, we will review it and all the rest of the action that happened and any new stories that break. Um, so, join us for that. We thank you all for listening to both sides of this week's doubleheader. And we will see you again soon. And let me tell you something right now. This podcast is what the fuck I say it is. And that is absolutely perfect.